Welcome to Explore the Bible series. This is Larry Bertrand from Tallywood. We're in the book of 1 Thessalonians, the second lesson scheduled to be studied on March 13, 2022. The gospel is to be boldly shared with compassion and grace. So this week we're looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And the memory verse is, Instead, we were like young children among you, just as a nursing mother cares for her children. So as we look at this passage in 1 Thessalonians, notice words that describe how Paul and his co-workers conducted themselves while in Thessalonica, reflect on how their conduct opens the door for sharing the gospel and focus on helping the group identify characteristics of Paul and others that can help them share the gospel. So I'm reading a story about Yaroslav Pais, uh, who is, uh, happens to be a Ukrainian Baptist. On February 24th, Russia invaded Ukraine. Russian President Putin justified the invasion in part as a defense of the Moscow based Orthodox Church, even though the leaders of the Russian Orthodox Church denounced the attack. Yaroslav, who is the president of the Ukrainian Baptist Theological Seminary located in Lviv, explained that Russian rule would lead to a transition to going underground rather than abandon the faith. The church, he quote, he's quoted as saying, will go underground, he said. You have to understand that historically, we had that experience before under the Soviet Union. So the church did not forget uh, <clears throat> what, what to do, what, it, what does it mean to be persecuted, he says. I think that we will rearrange reorganize and still do what we always do, still preach the gospel. He also believes that since the seminary is in the western part of Ukraine, that this may give them an opportunity to train more students in the future. So let me ask you, how does persecution for one's faith in Jesus lead to a stronger faith in him? Well, this... Ukrainian uh, seminarian feels like it's going to make their faith stronger. I heard the testimony of a lady from communist China say the best thing that ever happened to the church in China was when they forced it to no longer meet. They just went underground and the population of the church grew at enormous rates and is still growing today. <clears throat> So as we look at the context of uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, 
we'll remember that in Acts 17, it tells us that Paul spent three weeks ministering to the Jews in the synagogue of Thessalonica. In all likelihood, he also spent time during the week in the marketplace and other public arenas talking with Gentiles and anyone else God brought about his path. We don't know the exact length of Paul's stay before the opponents began stirring up uh, and interrupting his work. We do know his visit was brief, and as a result, he didn't have much time uh, or the opportunity to disciple the Thessalonians uh, as he would like to. So he he helped rectify the situation by writing his first letter and later a second letter uh, to the Thessalonians. He mentioned the Thessalonians of his concern for them during his short time in the city. And the apostle had provided a living example of genuine faith. We see that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. His walk had matched his talk and his sincerity left for these people an incredible impression. So in the first chapter, Paul also encouraged them to continue standing strong in their faith despite the relative youth of the Thessalonian church congregation. The members had established a reputation for several things. They, they were known for their persistence. <laughs> Sounds a whole lot like what I'm hearing about the Ukrainians. They were known for their faithfulness under difficult circumstances, and they were known that the persecution had not slowed them down, but had accelerated their efforts in behalf of the gospel. In fact, they had become an example for other Christians in Greece and around the Roman Empire. In chapter 2, Paul returned to the uh, example he had given his readers during his time there. He acknowledged the reality of persecution and suffering, but he also reminded them that God provides boldness. Keep that word in mind. He provides boldness for those who are willing to endure. If the gospel had been something Paul uh, invented, he probably would have stopped preaching when faced with suffering and difficulty. But this was God's message. So opposition had no impact on his ministry. While false teachers and hucksters in Thessalonica might have been more concerned with large followings and heavy prophets, Paul and his co-workers cared more about people. Manipulation had no place in the gospel. Instead, Paul loved the Thessalonians with the compassion of a mother and labored with the work ethic of a diligent father. Paul was beaten and imprisoned, but he remained obedient, boldly sharing the gospel with compassion and grace. So let's look at verse 1 and 2 of chapter 2 of 1 Thessalonians. And as I read, listen for how Paul and his 
missionaries responded to opposition. Verse one, you know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know, but with the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. So when we make a commitment to boldly share the gospel with others, we need to understand that opposition may come, may occur as a result. That phrase was not without result. Uh, It points out that this, this phrase shows their ministry had purpose, had meaning, and had impact, and it was making a difference. I want to help you under, maybe underline the phrase, emboldened by our God, however it's translated in your translation in verse 2. It's a reminder of their motivation to continue despite opposition. They were emboldened by God himself. So looking at some notes out of the NIV study Bible, that phrase, you know, it's uh, the first of several appeals uh, to the firsthand knowledge of Thessalonians had about Paul and his integrity. Uh, He talks about our visit. Uh, The key subject to verses one through six is addressed. Paul acts sincerely during his missionary founding visit in Thessalonica. And he says it was not without results. The Greek word is in the context, it's better translated. It was not insincere. Paul, defending his honest motives during his past visits and the successful results of that visit. So he says, the work I did there was hard, but it was not without result. Then in verse 2, it says they were treated outrageously in Philippi. Uh, So Acts Acts 16 talks about that treatment, Paul's willingness to to preach despite experiencing strong opposition in both uh, Philippi and now in Thessalonica is a powerful proof of what? Of the genuineness of his motives. If under opposition, he just backed off and went the other way, his motives would not have proven pure. Paul was living the gospel as well as boldly proclaiming the gospel with a grace-filled heart of compassion. So the examples of sharing the gospel that are noted in the last paragraph of um, your quarterly says, we can serve people a meal in the name of Jesus and speak his name uh, to them. We can offer people a safe shelter. So he's just describing ways that they can share the gospel, share a meal, uh, offer a safe shelter. Because we do that because we love Christ. We can offer someone words of comfort during a difficult time and tell them, We do so because Christ is our comforter and our provider. Um, 
Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, he refers to God as the God of all comfort and the God of all encouragement. Here he talks about Christ is our comforter and our provider. Why is it important for believers to do more than simply live a godly lifestyle? Why is it important for us to share the gospel, to speak boldly? Paul, Timothy, and Silas were in a difficult setting and yet operated with gentleness. Boldness, but still gentleness. So in verses 3 to 7, uh, we not not one word besides the word gentle that they think describes how Paul and other missionaries share the gospel. So in verse 3 it says, For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We're not trying to please people, but God, who God, but God who tests our hearts. You know, we never use flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up our greed. God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from people, nor from you or anyone else. Even though as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority. Instead, Paul says, we were like young children among you, just as a nursing mother caring for her children. So where is the balance between being gentle and being bold? Can a person be both at the same time? Certainly. Looking at the ESV study Bible on this section of Scripture, verses 2 and 3, Paul states his thesis in the general terms before demonstrating it with specific regard to the Thessalonian mission. So from a negative standpoint, Paul insists that the missionaries were not characterized by a faulty message or impure motives or dubious methods. From a positive perspective, he states that they preached the gospel as those approved by God and as those committed to speaking in order not to please their human audience, but to please God who test our hearts. Not only did God sanction the missionaries to proclaim his gospel, he continues to approve of their inner motives and he approves of their integrity. So verses 5 through 9, again, negatively, Paul asserts that he and his fellow missionaries had not spoken as charlatans or false prophets in order to either glorify their own vanity or line their own pocketbooks with money or gain even legitimate honor. 
But from a positive standpoint, he says, he stresses the missionaries had sincerity. They were selfless and had profound devotion toward the Thessalonian believers. And they were extending beyond the call of duty to minister to these people. Verse 5, you see that phrase, words of flattery. If the missionaries had employed flattery, there might have been legitimate doubt as to whether their message was trustworthy. Uh, Paul did not minister for financial gain. This is made abundantly clear by his insistence on working at a trade rather than depending on his converts for their help. God is witness. Only God can attest, according to that phrase, the inner motives of the human heart. And God knew the motive of Paul and his fellow missionaries. And then verse 6, we see the phrase, nor did we seek. Paul's ministry in Thessalonica did not it was not a quest for personal glory or fame. It, it made demands as apostles for Christ. Uh, as apostles, they had unique authority to request support, and yet they did not. And then we see the word gentle found in verse 7 and 8. Paul is highlighting the fact that he and his fellow missionaries did not exploit their rights and privileges, but instead acted in an unassuming manner toward the converts. Like he says, a nursing mother, Paul and his fellow missionaries were without guile. They were loving. They were selfless in their devotion to the converts. So the word gentle indicates the act of showing compassion or tenderness or kindness on a regular basis. This was not a one-time event. For Paul, gentleness was his lifestyle. Paul and other missionaries set an example for those who followed them. Their Christ-like character allowed them to influence other people. So this last section, verses 8, through 12, I want you to listen for ways that Paul described his and the other missionaries' uh, ministries. Verse 8 says, So we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship we worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone we, while we preached the gospel uh, of God to you. You are witnesses, verse 10 says, and so is God of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you uh, who, who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children. And so he describes in verse 12, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom 
and glory. Looking at the Bible Knowledge Commentary, it states, rather than being greedy, we see that in verse 5, the missionaries were delighted to share with the Thessalonians. They did not, they not only gave the message of eternal life, the gospel of God, but they also imparted their own innermost beings, literally their own souls as well. They, they gave whatever they had in order to help the beloved Thessalonians. The love of Paul and his companions is evident. For genuine love finds expression in giving to people, not only to their spiritual need, which, are, which is primary in this case, but also to their physical needs. We see in verse 9, Paul ministered to his converts by toil. It's the same word for toil and suffering, hardship, if you will, on their behalf. He, it's, it says Paul worked night and day so that he would not be a burden to them with his needs. Perhaps he made tents, which was his trade or occupation, probably rising early and staying up late so uh, as he did in other cities. And he taught as much as he could, both in the daytime and at the nighttime. Verses 10 through 12 summarize the appeal to the Thessalonians. The apostle called on their readers and God to hear witness to their behavior in both action and motive. Their inner convictions led to devout or holy conduct. With reference to God's objective standard, their behavior was righteous. Scripture says, measuring up to what God expects and requires. What a beautiful testimony. Their behavior was righteous, measuring up to what God expects and requires. That's a pretty good test for you and me. So let's look at some bullet points here. Their conduct was unreproachable. It was blameless. It was able to stand the critic's scrutiny because it was right. No one could complain about how they behaved. Both they and God were witnesses. Both the Thessalonians and God himself were witnesses of the truthfulness of Paul's claims and that of Timothy and Silas. So Paul, Timothy, and Silas were committed to empowering others in the midst of struggle. I want to point out that Paul used three distinct words to describe their position. And so you, you'll find these maybe in your, your copy of Scripture. He encouraged he comforted and he implored them. We see those in verse 12. What, is, what are some ways you can be an encouragement or can give comfort or implore people, encourage, uh, move them along to behave certain ways? Which word speaks most clearly to you and why? Which which one of these does God want to use you to be an encourager or a comforter or to encourage others to live their life the way they should?
So the key doctrine for this whole lesson is the doctrine of evangelism and missions. And certainly Paul boldly shared the gospel and reached out to the people in the community of Thessalonica. Psalm 67 verse 2 says, So that your ways may be known on the earth, your salvation among all the nations. And then we find the words of Jesus in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Wow, great lesson and some great application in today's lesson. The first thing we see here is potential persecution does not excuse believers from sharing the gospel. Just because it might be tough, just because you might suffer opposition, doesn't mean we should back off on sharing the gospel. The second application is gentleness and compassion open the door for sharing the gospel. Gentleness and compassion just makes it easy to share the gospel. And finally, demonstrating Christ-like character also allows believers to influence others. Christ-like character helps you have an influence on other people. The gospel is to be boldly shared with compassion and grace. So as we close, thank God for the example of Paul, Timothy, and Silas. Pray for God's strength as you work toward becoming more persistent, more gentle, and more of a person who is blameless as you boldly share the gospel. Well, the song for us today is So Send I You by Margaret Clarkson. And the words are, So send I you to labor unrewarded, to serve unpaid, unloved, unsought, unknown, to be rebuked, to suffer scorn and suffering. So send I you to toil for me alone. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. It's a beautiful hymn. So would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for the call to share the gospel and help us to understand that even in our gentleness, we can boldly proclaim who Jesus is to all who will receive the good news of Jesus. Help us to be bold. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.